0: for necromaniacs podcast it's that time of the week the week for terror and all things
1: horror how's it going mike what's up mike what's up everybody like mr hill said necromaniacs podcast is with you once again the horror podcast i am well uh we are getting to the end well the near end of march april is around the corner uh I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to spring. I'm looking forward to to better weather. What about you? Yeah, you know, it's we. I've seen, we've seen each
0: other out quite a bit recently. You know. Yes, we and, have, and that's always a good thing. And we're going to yeah. probably see each other again fairly soon. We're both going to the same shows. And, <laughs> I know. You know, it's like it's a thing, and I like that. And I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, going going out like you know, we we went to the Immolation show and and it was like rainy, but it was still kind of warm and like walking around mm-hmm. New York City, you know, it made me think of the the
1: spring. And
0: I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm ready for the spring.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, and it, like I said, it, it's you know as much as a, of a back to normal, I guess, as we can be right now living in this in this crazy ass time. But if uh, if you're a new listener, Mike and I, you know, we go to a lot of metal shows. I you know involved in, in the metal and, and, and hardcore scenes. And, uh, it's, it's something we love doing just as much as we love seeing horror movies and going to the movies, honestly. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was funny. It kind of reminded me of almost like a, a metal version of like the New York hardcore black and blue balls that take place every May only, you know, far less bands. There's only five bands, but it was just like this really kind of cool vibe at the show. Um, listeners it was uh immolation demolition hammer mortician our buddies black anvil and uh great new band from new york city funeral leech and uh it was it was just a lot of fucking fun huh yeah i missed funeral leech because i miscalculated a little bit
0: in my arrival mm-hmm. time but um yeah i saw all the bands um, you know, I definitely made sure i saw black gamble because that's you know that's our good friends during that band and Mm -hmm. uh you know mortician's always great uh demolition hammer i haven't seen in probably 20
1: years (laughs) (laughs) oh what did you think
0: Uh, fucking amazing dude they were like just fucking aggressive and just good man yeah man and immolation are riding a high right now man they're on oh my goodness yeah yeah they're they're, they were amazing and people loved them and the place was packed and you know i was really happy for those guys because they you know, they're, they're uh, OGs, man. They're like original New York, New York death metal guys, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, I think having, you know, them and Mortician and Demolition Hammer all together on the same bill was, was probably a real treat for them personally. And uh, Dan Lilker, of course, of uh, Nuclear Assault, Brutal Truth, S.O.D. fame, was the uh, MC host of The Night, which I thought was really cool. I mean, these are people that have known each other for a very long time, and uh, it was just a, a great vibe. It was almost like you hated for the show to be over.
0: you know I know, man, I was kind of bummed. and you know I, I had to, I had to duck out like a little early too, and I'll tell, mm-hmm. you, I'll tell you why because i I parked my car in the mm-hmm. in the garage that was across the street from Irving Plaza. okay, and I'm like, oh great. And much to my dismay. I found out that the uh the lot the garage closes at eleven thirty.
1: Eleven thirty sharp, huh? Yeah, man. So mm-hmm. I was like,
0: you know, I, I was like super I wanted to make sure I was able I went down, and I bought some merch, I got the L P, you know, the new emulation, Axe mm-hmm. God L P and a T shirt and I bought a hat, you know, all yeah. You know, supporting <laughs> man. I'm
1: supporting. Yeah,
0: yeah, me too. Yeah. And um, but I also wanted to make sure like, you know, you never know how long it's going to take at the merch line. And I wanted to make sure I made it out to the car in time to get out of town, you know. So that's why i ducked out right. like a little bit early.
1: And it's OK. I mean, rumor has it they'll be back in 2022 in, in the New York City area. So I guess we'll see, um, you know, uh, when that takes place. But emulation um, is going back out. On a, on a shorter run with carcass uh, leading up to the uh, Maryland Death fest, which takes place in May. Uh, but they're not on the New York City date, uh, which is at that club elsewhere, Mike. In Brooklyn.
0: I haven't been there yet elsewhere.
1: Yeah. I've been there twice already. I saw uh, incendiary there, the hardcore band. and then I saw uh, Nitzer Ebb there. oh, wow. which was quite fun. Yeah, I was back in uh, I forget what month that was last November, December or something. That was really cool. What, um, what neighborhood is that? And you were telling me about the show, but what what part of Brooklyn is that? Like in? Part of Bro- I guess it's that East Williamsburg, Bushwick kind of. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. It's I don't know if you ever heard of the Cobra Club. It's near there. It's yeah. I guess it's Bushwick. It's near. It's Bushwick. It's that's, like right
0: there. It seems like that's where a lot of the places are these days. Like there's um, the Monarch know, there. The Brooklyn mm-hmm. Monarch. Um, and uh, Brooklyn Steel, where we saw Cannibal. Yeah.
1: Yes, they're all around there. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. um, there's even a cool record store right above the, elsewhere that I was at recently with uh, my buddy Mark. Uh, the name of the record store is escaping me, but yeah, it's like right above it. Um, so yeah, man, lots of activity going on. Lots of shows. I mean, I, I was looking at all the shows I want to go to, like between, like you know, metal and hardcore. It's like, my God, this is a lot between now and like, through april it's a shit ton so uh yeah. you know what tomorrow is not guaranteed listeners uh that's my motto and uh you might you know go to the shows see the movies right what do you think
0: well that's that's exactly uh my sentiment you know and speaking of seeing yeah. the movies i saw x the new thai west film
1: oh awesome
0: it was uh, uh what do you think I'm going to say right now that it's going to be on my list for, of best uh, horror films of 2022.
1: Oh, You heard it, listeners. Uh, it's a movie we'll definitely be covering. Yeah. Uh, it's theatrical run apparently is coming to an end this week. It's a, it's a short one. Yep. But uh, I, we saw that it's in a lot of AMC theaters. So we're, we're going to take a shot in the dark and say that it may end up on Shudder within the next few months, which I hope. And of course, if it does, I'll, you know, I'll see it then. Cause I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to catch it in the theater. So, yeah. Yeah. It played at the uh,
0: dine-in AMC theater here by me in, uh, in lovely, uh, Edison, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, um, I saw it in the afternoon and, um, I was the only person in the theater and I had, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, n- nothing wrong with that. I uh, just want to get our plugs out of the way. Uh listeners, we support other podcasts that we enjoy and that give us some support. And of course, we're going to kick it off with our friends at the Break the Apocalypse podcast coming out every Friday on all streaming platforms. Um wolf 666, our buddy Brandon Legion, also another great weekly podcast, uh Into the Necrosphere, which you should be checking out if you're a metal fan, of course and uh alan averill of primordial's agitators anonymous who has now gone bi-weekly mike he's well not biweekly. he's coming out twice a week actually that's a lot that is a lot because i believe what he's doing is one is kind of focusing on um the political stuff of the day maybe things about the war and, and whatnot and uh things of that nature and of the other is going to be more music related He's kind of splitting it up, really. Okay. So uh, I think that's kind of cool. Um, you know, he's a touring musician that you know's been around a long time, so he's got great stories and opinions to share on the primordial side, and he's like a smart, outspoken guy on the other side. So, you know, if you have the time, I guess, uh, you know, go for it. But uh, this this week he dropped one about how the uh, Ukraine Russian war could affect touring like financially to affect touring which i thought was interesting yeah, I'll, have
0: to, I'll have to tune into that i mean i know um you know gas is uh is a thing mm-hmm. which yeah, sucks because yeah. Uh, about that mm-hmm. we got two tours coming up when i'm sure that uh our, our over our our profit margins mm. <laughs> are going to be significantly affected by uh you know four dollars and fifty cents or five dollar gas you know yeah yeah
1: i mean yeah he talked about how that it hits like a mid-sized band the hardest, like, you know. Um, He said, like, he he compared the different levels of bands to like a a Weekend Warrior band to like a more mid-sized band to like a huge band, and of course, the mid-sized band would be taking the biggest shot in the ass, basically, is what he kind of pointed out, which I thought made sense. Um, But yeah, you know, it's it's a great podcast. Check it out, Agitators Anonymous. Um, you said you checked out, uh, you know, X, the movie, um, I have been on an odd kick lately (laughs) at night on Netflix, watching Seinfeld from the beginning, believe it or not. Um, I love Seinfeld, you know, when it was on and, and my dad was like a big fan of it. And I think I just have great memories of not only just watching it, like when it was like a first run TV show. I mean I I enjoyed it when it was on, you know, three times a day. And now that it's on Netflix with like zero commercial interruptions and kind of like seamlessly on, it's kind of a bit of a different experience. If if you can believe that. I I you
0: know, I've only seen uh handfuls of, of episodes of that. Um it, I, it fell in that part of my life where I I didn't really uh, you know, I was like um we didn't you weren't have, home. Yeah, we were out. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have a TV. Yeah, you know, I wasn't living. No, with parents. Yeah, you know, we didn't have a TV. It was like we had a, a TV, with like a VHS, uh, you know, thing, and mm. it was. And and the only time I really watched television is if I was hanging out with like uh, a girlfriend at her
1: place or something like that.
0: You know what I mean?
1: Hmm. But yeah, it definitely reminds me of my dad. You know, my dad passed uh, back in 2014, and I don't know. It's just uh, it's good to watch. I think before I'm going to sleep. It's it's that's kind of what it's become, you know, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, have, I have shows like that, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like uh, for what <laughs> I, I finished Archive 81, which was which is some fucked up shit to watch before you go to bed, honestly. But of course, I always did. Um, So, you know, to ease into kind of Seinfeld before you go to bed, I think, yeah, uh, I think it's good. I guess it will be I mean, it's almost like watching episodes of like the Munsters or the Addams Family or like, you know. Just something very kind of light, you know? Yeah. Before you drift off into sleep, which I'm barely sleeping these days. So I've been I've been watching Seinfeld quite a bit, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I got I have my go to stuff to watch, you know, before I you know drift off too. And um <laughs> you know, I'll like pull like eastbound and down on or something like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Um yeah, i I finished the uh, Righteous Gemstones. I'm I'm all caught up on a lot of shit. So it's like I'm in this in this kind of gray area of of what to watch, which which is now going to be taking me back into movies. Um and I wanted to say, Mike, I got to go to the archive in Connecticut the other oh, week. Um interesting. with okay. uh my buddy Mark Yoshitomi from Generation Records. Uh he dragged me out there. I got up very early on a Sunday and we went and it is a really cool spot in uh in Connecticut um worth the the pilgrimage to um I was kind of overwhelmed man i mean uh the archive is a is a, is a retail store that's uh, owned by the people who run uh vinegar syndrome yep the, the wonderful uh blu-ray company it, it's in bridgeport so, right bridgeport Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bridgeport connecticut um not super far from from my abode in brooklyn um over an hour though uh but man yeah it's it's overwhelming i mean you've you've got like a tremendous vinyl selection of of not even just soundtracks they have like metal and punk and hardcore and weird stuff and new stuff and that's kind of overwhelming and they have this of course an overwhelming selection of blu-rays and then they have a tremendous used blu-ray section a huge used dvd section and a huge used vhs section like huge Um, so you, you can only like imagine what you would think, I guess that kind of store would be. And that's that's pretty much what it is, man. It's it's pretty great.
0: That's awesome, man. Like uh yeah, I I have yet to check that place out. I've been meaning to go up there, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would go again, man. I mean, it was it was really cool. I picked up um their uh they reissued uh Dario Argento's trauma on Blu-ray. Yeah, I have that um, for that version yeah. of it. Yeah. So I, I grabbed that. Um I almost grabbed sensor, but I was like, mm.
0: I, I recommend know. that one, dude. I, have I
1: know. I, I think I am going to probably just get, a, get an actual copy of it, to be honest. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was talking to one of the guys who works there. He was really cool. Um, his name is Dino. He also has his own horror podcast. Uh, I, I eat movies and I hope I didn't fuck that up. I eat movies. Um, hello, Dino, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, it was fucking great. Um, you know, like I said, overwhelming in a good way, but in a very good way. So, yeah, the archive in Connecticut. Is he the guy that's at Chiller all the time at their table? No, I, that guy <laughs> wasn't there. That guy. Oh, my God. It's like embarrassing. I, I, I always forget his name. I've literally been talking to him for like eight years in a row. But, no, it was not him. Um, so I, I, I guarantee you if I go to the next Chiller at the end of April, which I'm pretty sure I am, I, I will see that guy and I, you know, I'll, I'll learn his name and damn it. We'll put this to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're
0: always at shore. Um, yeah, actually I bought like one of those, um, uh, Gi- giallo box sets. Like there's a series they have. I think there's four collections.
1: Yeah. 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 I bought, um, what the third one. Cool. I think they're up to volume four already. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, yeah, man, really, really cool stuff. You know, it's like, I mean, theoretically I could have bought ten different fucking things, but I just you know I'm 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 trying to just not go on tears of buying lately. So that, it, but it's hard, man. It's fucking hard.
0: That sensor Blu ray is really they did a really good job on that one because it's got really good uh commentary, uh, you know, the extras and all that stuff. It's uh it's 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 a solid release. Uh, I recommend if you're gonna get if you if you're interested at all in getting that I totally recommend picking it up.
1: Then out in the wild, I uh, I picked up uh, Four Flies on Grey Velvet on vinyl, which is a, a really great score. It's uh, it's a Morcone score. Uh, it's you know Morcone did the music for the first three Argentos, of course, before Goblin stepped in. And uh, it's weird. You know what's weird about that fucking movie? It's it's kind of one of his most elusive films. Because it has no U.S. Uh, Blu-ray. Uh, it had a U.S. DVD, I believe, a while ago. Was it Anchor Bay? I don't even think Anchor Bay put it out. But it's kind of like M.I.A. right now, uh, at least in America, which kind of sucks because it's a good movie. It's kind of a little better, I think, than Cat in Ninetales. But Cat in Ninetales gets all the love, I think, and gets all the rub because of Carl Malden uh, being in it, Yeah, American actor. Yeah, people can relate
0: to you know seeing the American, um, you know, friendly faces there. You know,
1: right, right. Great music in that one too. But uh, yeah, I got got uh, four flies on gray velvet for only like twenty bucks. Pretty cool. There was um, there's a new
0: podcast I started listening to called uh, that uh, Carl Hikara told me about. That's a a guy that
1: oh, one um, of our listeners. Yes, hello, Carl. Me and
0: him correspond regularly about books and movies and music. Mm-hmm. And um he's actually helped me out with uh, I'm re- revamping the Everything Went Black uh Bandcamp page, so he's helped me out with some very
1: cool design. Hey, Mike, it. isn't that that other podcast you do we that always, you never
0: cross promote? <laughs> we always Everything forget. Went Black. You we always forget hmm. to mention that. One. <laughs> yes, we should put
1: that in our list of podcasts. I, you know promoted.
0: what? I'm looking at the list and it's not in there. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's called uh, the Evolution of Horror. It's a British podcast. It's um. Very British, you know what I mean? Mm, like okay. Real British. They cover awesome movies. They talk about weird fiction. They talk about Lovecraftian stuff, alien horror, and they talked about Extro. Extro, be- yes, that's a sick ass movie. I didn't see movie. that movie, and mm. that movie doesn't have like a, a release. It doesn't have
1: like a blue. Oh, one. it's not
0: available anymore. Yeah, okay, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when the, at Chiller, are the unknown. Killer guy that we were mm-hmm. we, uh, at the uh, vinegar syndrome table mm-hmm. yeah, they put out extra three that's right they did yeah but they don't have extra one I was talking <laughs> to the guy about it. I'm like what's the story with this man mm. so I'm waiting hoping that they, they do a proper release of extra the first and
1: one that would be nice That is, I remember that movie as like, as like a kid and then I watched it later as an adult it is equally disturbing movie from a childhood to adulthood it's a very, very disturbed... There's, there's a
0: lot of really very striking, disturbing images in that movie. Mm. Yeah, so I I haven't seen it in, in over a decade, probably.
1: Yeah, that, that would be fun to cover, Yeah, you
0: know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hopefully someone re-releases
1: it on a proper Blu-ray release. That would be cool. So uh, tonight, listeners, uh, if you caught our prior podcast where we took a trip to France... And uh, we covered trouble every day. Uh, We decided that we wanted to stick around in France a little bit longer. Um, As we talked about also on that podcast, uh, Shudder currently has a bevy, a lion's share of uh, French horror from the O's. And uh, we kind of took a bit of a deeper dive and decided that we wanted to check out one of the ones we had not seen. So tonight we're going to be discussing livid, or, well, in France, I'm sure it is perhaps livid. Tonight, we are going to call it livid, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, we'll go with livid, because that's how it's we'll listed.
0: It- it's listed in in on Shudder as just livid, you know.
1: Right, exactly. Um, one of the other reasons why we wanted to choose this particular movie, aside from the fact that it was French and we had not seen it, uh, was because it was done by the directors of one of our favorite French horror movies, Inside, uh, being Alexandre Bustillo and Julian Morey. Um, When we covered Inside uh, months back, we had kind of ran down the list of movies they'd done since Inside that, you know, had eluded had us because of, you know, I guess distribution reasons. And sure enough, Livid was the, the follow-up to Inside. It was the movie they put out uh, kind of right after it. Um, and, and in doing my research, apparently there was even supposed to be a U.S. remake of this movie uh that did not come to fruition did you know that mike i heard that this was actually supposed to be a u.s
0: production and then the budget mm. the budget and that didn't cut. happen either yeah yeah the mm-hmm. budget got cut and and just ended up being a, a, a french film like a like shot in france right Shot exactly. in france like all euro all just european like movie
1: yeah according to um what do you call it wikipedia this was going to be an english language debut for the duo right and shot in the uk mm-hmm. but uh yeah apparently they they re- realized that they were kind of losing control over their story and they were like you know what we're going to keep this a lower budget french production so i guess you know what could have been as they say right
0: and uh it, you know beatrice doll has a very small part in this and of course she was uh la femme in uh yes in inside you know she was the uh
1: the, the killing machine in- the killing machine yes it's yeah. the female michael myers i refer to her as yeah but uh, but much worse than michael myers in a way um is it me or does miss doll really enjoy like okay her role in this movie is is very brief but like it's very dark like i feel like she likes these this fucked up these fucked up roles am i am i right in that do you think absolutely man i mean she just she's
0: you know a very intense lady man you know it's uh you know most of the films that i've seen her in you know including including non-horror films like betty blue she's Mm -hmm. on right on the edge of madness you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you know she's um right on the edge in all these movies except for maybe um the abel ferrara film the uh the blackout Mm -hmm. she's in that film but she's actually more of like a kind of like a staid character where Matthew Broderick's character was the one going off the deep end and she's the one who left because she didn't want any crazy shit in her life. So that's kind of right. opposite what you would normally expect the kind of role for her to play. You know,
1: I feel like we would never see her in like the equivalent of a light jennifer aniston romantic comedy i just i just don't see that there what do you know no uh, she's just not gonna do that
0: i mean just she just looks so intense man she's got that you know that 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 weird her eyes everything about her is just intense you know
1: she just looks like a really sexy crazy woman that you just want thrown into your life because you just want the craziness you don't even care well, i right. think I think I even mentioned that um <laughs> that
0: in, in when we were doing uh trouble every day that yeah I wouldn't like, mind getting killed by her you
1: just know you I mean? know what just whatever let's just do it <laughs> who cares you know yeah. you look like you're gonna probably kill me let's hang out let's whatever let's hang out yeah. let's get some drinks sure you know get some <laughs> drinks and hang out yeah. and do crazy things uh yeah live it uh this is a 2011 french film uh released in france on december 7th 2011 um i love shutter because this movie was pretty much never shown in america um didn't get any kind of you know like Blu-ray in America or DVD that I am aware of, Mike.
0: What about you? Well, I was just going to add to that is I, I remember when I first discovered these guys um, trying to find their films and I'd I read about this movie, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it, they didn't even have it at PhotoPlay because there did not exist a U.S. release.
1: You know what I mean? Wow. Because apparently there was a plan for it to come out via Dimension Films on some kind of, in some way, shape or form. Right. that never came to fruition and the film yeah sat for over a decade until shutter purchased the rights uh you know putting it out to all of us horror maniacs on march 1st of this year man so you know what i know not everybody loves shutter or has their beef with shutter but we sing their praises and how the hell else would you find some of these movies is is the question there's you a know? lot of
0: stuff on shutter and i don't i gotta you know, not all of it's great, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff there. You know, you got, you got all those, uh, you know, Morehouse and Benson films. You got yeah, these, yeah. This, this huge dump of like influx <laughs> of, uh, of French, you know, movies, French extreme films. You got, sure. you got the Adams family movies are on there. You know, you got so much stuff. You got the Joe Bob series, you got all these other series on there. And you know, the one that had Danzig on it core, you know, mm-hmm.
1: And they're, they're grabbing those, you know, those 80s oddballs, like, uh, you know. Uh, Sleepaway Camp. Butcher, and, yeah. Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Like, you know, they're, 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 they're definitely getting some cool stuff, um, you know. So, yeah, we're into it. And we love Shudder. We wish we could have, you know, the people from Shudder as a guest, maybe. That would be nice. Yeah. The owner of Shudder. Find out, we'll find out what they're all about. Yeah. Find out what that's all about. I know. Yeah. That would be a big score for the show. <laughs> But um, (laughs) yeah, right off the bat, I will say this is quite different uh, from Inside. Um, I mean, Inside was kind of like, you know, this gangbusters, violent, like, buzzy kind of, you know, indie Euro horror film that people are still talking about right now. You know what I'm saying? And people are still discovering. This movie is kind of like a weird supernatural fairy tale of sorts. By Bio- fairy tale meets kind of Edgar Allan Poe. Little little nods, though. I will say to maybe some Argento here. Would, sure. would, would, you, would you
0: agree? Yeah, I, I would say I agree with that. And but also I also feel like the movie started as one type of film and ended in a different place.
1: Yes, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I would totally agree with that. And I will say, I think I liked how it started better than where it went um, off the bat. I, um, I I liked how
0: it started, and I appreciated where it went. And but I don't know if they necessarily achieved everything with where they wanted to go with this movie. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. To give a you know summation, uh, *Livid* follows Lucy played by Chloe Calud, a young woman who is training to be an at-home nurse who is still reeling from the, her mother's death, her mother being a lovely Beatrice Stahl, the little cameo role in here. Uh, she has grown strange from her father, who works nights, and moving on in his own personal life. Uh, she's accompanying Mrs. Wilson, played by Catherine Jacob, on patient rounds on her job. They finish the day at some really kind of creepy, isolated mansion owned by a comatose Mrs. Jessel, played by Marie Claude Petraglia, who is a former ballet instructor rumored to possess hidden treasure somewhere within the walls of her home. Uh, We meet Lucy's boyfriend, William, played by Felix Motai, who convinces her and his brother, played by Jeremy Capone, to break into this home on Halloween night to claim these treasures for themselves. And then they realize they are not alone. Nice little summation there from the people at Bloody Disgusting. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, that's pretty much uh
0: the the setting, you know, for this mm-hmm. film. And um, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of little details in there that that I think really attracted me at first. And like I said, you know, the Poe gothic element that it moves yes. into. I thought that mm-hmm. was cool, but I I don't know if it was fully actualized really, you
1: know. Yeah, I mean the character of Lucy, uh Chloe Claude, Claude is is quite likable. Uh very like you know, interesting uh character and it's like you you kind of feel bad for her like when we we kind of get to her home and and like it's just like I guess you can kind of feel like the darkness that I think that the directors were kind of going for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, but she has a boyfriend. I mean, she has, she has a life and she's trying to make her way in the world by getting this new job. as like, you know, like a home health aide. Um, what I liked actually was, um, there's that one little interesting scene in the beginning where uh, the, the woman who takes her on the rounds, uh, Mrs. Wilson is in the car. And she comes upon that girl on the bicycle. Oh, yeah. And it just, like, you kind of don't really know what just happened, you know? And then later on, you know, da-da-da, you cut to her kind of cleaning a bathtub full of blood. Yeah, there's right?
0: almost like this, the end of Taxi Driver, like, like there's like mm-hmm. that weird scene where it's just like, it's freeze-frame sort of.
1: Yes. Yeah. To me, that hinted that hinted at, okay, she's kind of getting bodies. You know what I'm saying? Like she's kind of getting she's she's collecting blood for a reason. Um, What I I left out was this Mrs. Jessel, who was this like, you know, crypt keeper looking old woman in a bed. She's getting a blood transfusion while they're at the house, right? And she's now, wearing this like—that's a little odd. And she's wearing <laughs>
0: this crazy like gas, like Rob Zombie looking like gas. Yeah, mask yeah, kind of thing on, on her
1: face. it's like it,
0: weird, you know.
1: If you have like a hundred year old woman that, that's like a home health, you know, you're you're caring for her at home, it'd kind of be a bit bit odd to see her getting blood pumped into her, right? Wouldn't that be a little a bit odd? Yeah. Um, now. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, it, it, if you're, you know, a horror fan that kind of knows knows their stuff a bit, it's like you're like, ah, there's a vampire angle here. And, why? Well, yes, there, there is a vampire angle here. But, again, much like Trouble Every Day, it's not kind of this open shut, oh, okay, it's a vampire movie, horror movie, right? Yeah. That's I mean, not it, all that's there, going on here. There, there's
0: definitely more that's going on. You know, and I just want to talk about um, Lucy and the, the, the her henchmen real quick mm-hmm. <laughs> because in the beginning of the film, when she's going through the rounds with with uh, Mrs. Wilson, we, we see one side of her. We see that she's mm-hmm. like, you know, good at her job. Like Wilson comments that, you know, oh, you, you know how to do all this stuff. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and um, she's got two different color eyes, you know, yep. <laughs> which is like, you know, some interesting angle that they use later on in the film. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Wilson offers her a cigarette, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I don't smoke, okay? Mm-hmm. But later on, like, when she's uh, after after her shift, she goes down to the docks to meet William, and she's smoking mm-hmm. a cigarette. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's yeah. like,
1: she's kind of a bad girl a little bit. You know what I mean? She's like... You know, right she's uh, her perfect there's the there's the work version yeah and there's the <laughs> the real life version hey i have a work version of myself that's yeah, a bit different sort of, yeah, from do. the uh right from the real life version i'm sure you do yeah um you know we're, we're singers and in, in bands for for fuck's sake um but the thing is yeah that that, that was an interesting little little uh, observation, Mike. I don't even know if I noticed that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and and um, you know, because like in the beginning, she seems like very, you know, like straight-laced almost, you know, but then you right, see right, right. and then we meet William and Ben, you know, and William is like a dock worker, fisherman, sailor guy, you know. Uh-huh. He also has a police record. Apparently, he robbed someone and was in jail for, for a, a stint. And um, he is the one like she mentions that that they went to the creepy house with you know it's some that house apparently is uh, you know like a, like a site like a place yeah yeah they, uh-huh. they avoid you know of course you you get the feeling that in this in this small town they probably have all sorts of stories made up about that house and how it's haunted and it's a gateway to hell or you know something like that you know built over mm-hmm. a cemetery like every iteration of that trope they probably have have a, a folk story about it you know. And then he and she mentions the treasure. And right away, William is the one, oh, we should go and rob this place because he's a, yeah. kind of a criminal, <laughs> you know? And like and she's like, I, I can't you know, now you're robbing old
1: ladies, is what she actually says mm-hmm. to him. Uh yeah, Ben, his brother, has a has a job at the at the bar or whatever they go to, right? Yeah. And Will is the one who works on the docks. Um, it is kind of an interesting jump from being a girl who's learning a new job, a new straight job, right. To basically ultimately agreeing with your boyfriend and his brother to rob the joint of the place you just worked at hours ago.
0: Or yeah. Whatever. And that's, and that's what this, that's what I think like that showing her smoking the cigarette and lying about it. Mm-hmm. Is like, it gives you this like character uh, insight that she's like, not bad, you know, not, not like a, you know, not, not, not as negative on the negative spectrum as say william was but she's she can be convinced to do to to step over the line i think you know what i mean that's that's that what that's showing you
1: i had a question do you know remember how there was that kind of moment it in, inside where there's a, like there's the question of the perhaps the political turmoil of the day going on in france right now, this is just a few years later in 2011. Is this, like is this also kind of like a little bit of about maybe class about how... Because these three people don't have a lot of money. Well... And then, you know, like, is there a little bit of that going on here too, maybe? How they want to rob this rich old lady's house, maybe, kind of? Or no, it's, it's am, I, am I reaching? No, am I, reaching?
0: I, I think I think that um, that's a very good point and something I was mm-hmm. thinking about too. Mm-hmm. Because... We're going to jump ahead a little bit here. There's, um, yeah. you know, so we learned that, that Jessel, Mrs. Jessel's, uh, you know, she's like this, uh, undead vampire type bloodsucker blood ballerina,
1: sucker. former ballerina instructor. For, yeah, And,
0: and they, they reveal that she's like, you know, a high, a high level ball, ballet dancer and she mm-hmm. was an instructor and we see flashbacks and there's these girls that are her students. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls bites another girl. And then she reprimands her. It's like, oh, we only bite people we don't know. Meaning like the townsfolk. Okay. Yes. So there's like this rich upper class group of vampires that are feeding on the townspeople who are, you know, more, more on the, the working
1: class side of things. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And and that girl is her daughter, Anna, by the way. Yeah. Right. Right. uh, Who's, who is, I guess, a vampire, um, now, <laughs> in the flashbacks, Mrs. Jessel is not a vampire, but her daughter is, or am I? No, no,
0: Mrs. Jessel is a vampire. She is one too. Okay, that's, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, definitely. Yep, she is. And um, so they,
1: but they both are yeah. basically. They're they're a vampire group, dance group. <laughs> yes. Uh, however, they were seen in daylight, so again, perhaps some of these rules, the traditional vampire rules, are not 100% applying here. Would you say? It seems like the daylight they're not stoked about being in the
0: daylight, but it doesn't immediately incinerate them like you would like no, in power no. films. Right, right, right. You know, and and um yeah, and and the young Mrs. Jessel, she looks kinda like Diamond the Gallas or something like that. She's like yes. this very, very like Mediterranean like face, you know what I mean? Very strong like visage, you know what I mean? It was really she looked really cool. You know, wearing mm-hmm. all black and everything. Very, very interesting yep. looking lady. <laughs> But yeah, that angle I think is true is is I think that's on the money, man, knowing these two guys and and okay, how yeah. and, and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna make a another statement here about how if that is true that I, I appreciate that sort of political commentary as opposed to getting beat over the head with it like we they do in this country.
1: Right. Yeah, it's subtle. It's subtle. And I feel like if you're not um Maybe, I mean, maybe only if you're a, in a French person or you're in France or you're, you know, you remember that era, you might know for a fact that, oh, yeah, blah, 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 you know, this is in line with, you know, what was kind of going on and whatnot. I mean, you know, I don't know my, my French recent history or or uh, history in general all that well, gotta be honest. Yeah. So, you know, I and, can't really say.
0: And this is a French film. It's there, we, they didn't yeah. have the United States in mind at all when they made this movie, you know. This is going to, no. always going to be a foreign film in this country. So so maybe the cues are a little bit obscure for us. You know what I mean? Right, exactly, exactly.
1: Um, but no, I thought that was cool. I mean, um, the one, interesting, one thing I thought was a very weird moment in the movie, um, as they're rummaging through the house, and they actually come upon the body of Anna, which is kind of like in this weird, undead, kind of alive state, where she you know where they turn the key and she kind of moves and and one of them i forget if it's either her boyfriend or the brother punches the body in the face yeah (laughs) do you remember that i was like (laughs) i think i even said something to the tv like why did you do that (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was very odd moment like how do you punch it like he punched like a dead little girl in the face it was kind of weird well, nope. you know, it
0: it was pretty clear that, that both of these guys are like this kind of knuckle dragger, like um mm. you know, very coarse, you know. I mean, William's like a fisherman or whatever, you know what I mean? And and Ben, you know, is a waiter. And and um the funny thing about Ben's character is that he he's that guy, like that third person that you can convince to do anything, basically. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like he doesn't have any he's kinda like weak, you know what I mean, and like you know, if if me and you were gonna rob a store or something like that, we needed like a third guy. Like we we would find this guy Ben. Come on, Ben, let's go. Come on, you know, here, drive. You get a driver tonight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and he would just go along with it because like everyone else is doing it. You know what I mean? Well, poor
1: Ben. After that moment, <laughs> they're, they're kind of uh, they're kind of trying to flee the house after that that, that punching moment, and as they're trying to find an exit, they become separated, and Ben uh, finds himself in this odd operating room with with no door and no idea how he got in there and then he is kind of come upon by like three ballerina girls who slice and dice him up that was a pretty fucked up scene they they they, they you know ben unfortunately meets his fate um that was really the first scene of actual real violence in the movie yeah and
0: and this is where like we were saying, the movie started in one place and then went somewhere else and like like I was saying in the beginning, it's more like this kind of beat, breaking and entering caper like you know haunted house, haunted kind house of right. thing, and then it transitioned into this kind of like like off center vampire you know undead sort of story, you know mm. and throughout both both of those strains of the film, there was like this kind of gothic. Edgar Allan Poe, Shirley Jackson, like, like the house is like this decaying, you Mm. know, like mansion and, and, um, you know, there's like a lot of tropes that would be in like a Poe short story that are in this, you know, and even, Mm -hmm. and even the vampires are sort of like Gothic, you know what I mean?
1: Right. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I feel like it was kind of after this where it took a, a bit of a dive, although this is kind of where the action started. I mean, you know, sometimes that happens, you know? Sometimes you like a movie (laughs) pre-action. But yeah, Will uh, is attacked by Ben, who's basically Ben has now become a vampire. Although he's, I mean, I thought the dude was, you know, dead, dead, but he's kind of like up and about all bloodied and fucked up looking. Um, Will stabs Ben with a pair of scissors. And then Mrs. Jessel, you know, steps in, who is like, you know, out of her kind of comatose state and, you know, in her vampire kind of attack mode. And then she kills him. Um, Lucy at this point has learned, you know, we, we mentioned that flashback scene, uh, that was kind of where, uh, you know, Mrs. Jessel also finds Lucy in the house and, uh, You know, I I forget she lifts her hands up or whatever. And then they kind of flash back to that scene. And then I guess Lucy sees that has, you know, that past scene about the vampirism and Anna and all that shit. Um, Yeah. The the film just kind of gets a little loosey goosey now. Um, (laughs) Like things, like I said, things kind of start ramping up and um, you know, Anna is kind of thrown into the mix and she tries to go after Lucy. And then we still have Mrs. Jessel into the mix trying to kill everybody else and you know ultimately they kind of subdue and sedate lucy like what did you think like at this point i was kind of like i don't know i was like hmm the movie's taking a turn yeah this
0: is like the japanese horror um element (laughs) like this is the part of the movie where it just it becomes um unfocused you know what i mean right and i i kind of wish that there was like a definitive direction with what was actually, I mean, I, I didn't see one, you know what I mean? Maybe, you know, the filmmakers had a very strong idea where they wanted to go with this, but I mean, and I guess, you know, now we're going into the spoiler territory. So if you guys are planning on watching
1: this movie and don't want it to be. Yeah. Spoiled, yeah. Maybe, um,
0: maybe now like you duck out, but like, I want we to finish talking about this. We kind of need to talk about the ending.
1: Right. Exactly. So Mrs. Wilson makes an appearance. Op- its the one who was doing the rounds with Lucy that we mentioned earlier, uh, who of course, like I said, was you know, has been in on this the whole time. Um, she is the one who actually attacks and sedates Lucy. And then we learned that Mrs. Wilson has been around a very long time herself, right? Mike That's uh, when right. She was a girl. She was uh, a, like a student, I think at one point or uh, you know uh, a girl who I guess kind of became a familiar maybe. Yeah, she was kind of like the Renfield. But
0: now this is the other thing, okay? They're not ancient vampires. Not that old. No. And as a matter of fact, Jessel seems to have uh, aged in, like, real time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like she's still, like, this young, black, raven-haired, Mediterranean dance teacher. Mm-hmm. She just, yeah, she's, she's like an, an old, lady. old woman. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's another, like, wrinkle in the, in the vampire lore. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what she's, she's getting all blood and blood transfusions,
1: why does she look like this? Yeah,
0: and that and that's kind of like a beef I had. It's like, mm. what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah. What do you? Like, you know, why can't you just have like a ham sandwich? Like, why do? Why do you need fresh blood? You know, like, and that's that's this is like where a lot of it doesn't add up. I think. Too. Yeah, like Anna is still
1: a child. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? Anna and is still, still a child. Young. Yeah, she's still. Why young. is the mother? an old decrepit woman and she's getting blood transfusions all the time like i didn't i didn't get that um so okay they have lucy strapped to like you know a table or whatever while mrs wilson is watching mrs jessel implants the poopy of a moth into the throats of both lucy and anna uh, in a ritual to exchange their souls right uh mrs jessel believes that she has been successful when Anna awakes and her eye color has changed, and she is in a different body. Here's the thing that I didn't even pick up on. So at this point, uh, like Anna and Lucy have exchanged basically. Yeah, that, like, that's
0: what they that's what they're trying to say with the eyes, because you know you remember mm-hmm. like when she's driving around at the beginning of the movie in the car, Wilson, right? She's like. So, oh, you have two different color eyes, you know? And then, like, Wilson's, like, it means something. There's, like, two souls inhabiting your body. So there was, you know, there was, like, foreshadowing to something like this, too, from the very beginning. But
1: mm.
0: now, this is the thing, okay? Now, it, it, as a story, you know, as, like, a narrative, I Anna, I don't believe needs... I don't think she... is. There's, the, there's, there's no justification for bringing her... And putting her out out into the world because she was kind of like a force of bad, really. It's Like she's the one who killed right. like one of the kids, so it's yeah, well, she's probably killed tons of people. Yeah, yeah, so she's not a sympathetic character, and I still feel even no. though Lucy's complicated, you know, she is more she's, of uh, a yeah, sympathetic
1: I mean, character. Of course, yeah. All she did was you know break into a house, I mean, you
0: know. Yeah, I and mean, it wasn't even her idea. She was like kind of like you know not coerced, but. You know, she was uh, uh you know, pure, <laughs> it was the dopey, pure, the pure guy. She
1: was yeah, it was, she was pure pressured into it by her boyfriend. You know, pretty much. Um, so Mrs. Jessel orders Anna to dance, and Anna does not respond. Wilson attempts to punish her, and then Anna stabs Wilson with that scissors, and then turns on Jessel and stabs her. Both women fall to the floor, heavily bleeding. Jessel tries to bite Anna. Uh, Lucy then whips the mother until she releases Anna, and then the two girls throw Mrs. Jessel off a third floor balcony. Um, Basically, just to backtrack a little, the reason why they're ordering Anna to dance is because it's like Lucy, basically, and they want Lucy Lucy. to kind of be the new... yeah. Okay, I got that. Um, Okay, so Mrs. Wilson's dead, and we, you know, Jessel is dead, you know, the old vampire lady. The ending moments. Okay. Anna and Lucy escape from the mansion. They're outside. They're walking along this, you know, the seaside cliff holding hands. Lucy, who is in Anna's body, leans over the cliff, but she does not fall. Instead, she flies into the sky. Her scars then disappear. And Anna in Lucy's body, Lucy's body watches her float away. And, (laughs) i mean i don't know what did you think of the ending well and that's
0: what i mean like that they didn't really succeed in my opinion to deliver what they were trying to deliver which would have i mean like my impression is they wanted to have this you know gothic vampire edgar Allan poe you know with a little bit of like a weird element
1: you know like Mm -hmm. uh, with the vampire fairy tale the grim maybe a grim fairy tale element maybe there's a couple of things going on
0: yeah and Like, there's no justification for the two, for Anna and Lucy to have any common ground at all, where they'd be, like, holding hands, like, walking Mm -hmm. down out into the, you know, to the cliff cliff cliffside there. And I don't, like, why did Lucy have to die? You know what I mean? And why does Anna get to exist in the world? You know, there's no, (laughs) because she seemed more like a malevolent force to me. You know what I mean? Of course. You know, and of course, uh, you know, Jessel is, is probably the most, you know, she's like the in the hierarchy of evil. She's probably at the top, you know, as right. far as being a, a bad, you know, character, a negative character.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so Laurie uh, and Bastille basically said that they wanted it to be more of a fantasy film uh, and, you know, different from Inside. Uh, A quote from them says, if Inside was meant to play as horror taken from fact, then Livid plays as horror taken from a fairy tale. Okay. Again, I like when artists, be it musicians, actors, directors, don't repeat themselves. And these guys with their second film certainly did not repeat themselves. But sometimes you take a swing and it's not, you know, not a big hit, right? It, did, it, didn't I wouldn't say it was a miss though. Right. It's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. It's, I feel like some people may like this film quite a bit, um, as little hints of maybe Suspiria and maybe phenomena, maybe a little, little bit here and there, you know? Yeah. There's a little bit of that in there for sure. Um, but I don't know. I just felt it got a bit messy, you know, and unfocused ultimately.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. You know,
1: um, I, I am giving this out of our necromaniac score of, uh, you know, between one and five, a three. Um, I do think it is worth seeing, especially if you want to check out all of these, you know, French horror movies that are, have made the rounds and that are available on the Shutter service. You definitely could see a worse film, I think, uh, on the service, <laughs> and you know, in, in today's uh, crop of films. There are worse films than this out there, but I don't think it's a movie I'd ever go back to. Unlike Inside, what about you, Mike?
0: Yeah, I'm also giving it a, a three, but with a couple of caveats here. Like I um, I, I will not watch this again. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, and I no. re- reluctantly recommend it to someone, to a few <laughs> people out there. If you're into this type of thing, like if you like French horror films, if you're a fan of these two gentlemen. Um, and you mm-hmm. like, you know, this kind of like whimsical, uh, you know, gothic vampire thing. Uh, you know, and I mean, when I say gothic, I mean like the traditional sense of a gothic horror film, horror, horror story. It's one of those, you know, types of things, mm-hmm. you know, like a Poe or, you know, Shirley Jackson or something. Um, check it out, you know, but I'm going to say that you might not fully enjoy it. You know what I mean? So that's my assessment of the whole situation.
1: Well, they followed up Livid in 2014 with the movie Among the Living, um, which looks very interesting, and hopefully that'll make its rounds at some point. And then they made the movie I did not see, the 2017 Leatherface. You haven't seen that one either, actually. I did not see it. And some people might be very upset with us as we went on our tear of the new Leatherface, Having the, the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then having not seen this Leatherface, even though the movies actually do not connect, some people might have thought, oh, maybe, you know, you, you should have seen it anyway, just because. Uh, I do plan on seeing it because <laughs> apparently it's, it's not that bad, quote unquote, for oh, some people. Okay. You know. <laughs> I, I did like the original
0: Leatherface, I, I didn't mind that one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3.
1: Three, right. This yeah. one is just called straight up Leatherface. Uh I did see a movie these guys did, the twenty twenty Candisha, yeah. uh, which I just never we never talked about it. I actually thought that was pretty good. I did too, and a lot of people don't
0: didn't like it. But I, I Yeah, Rennie I, did not like it, yeah, I remember, right? Yeah, Rennie hated it. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you know, everyone's got their opinion. You know, there are things about it. the the, the, the downside of that movie was the um the effects were a little corny. Mm. You know, like the special effects were a little bit budget in that one. But I, I didn't I didn't mind that one. I thought it was all right. And they followed that up
1: with, again, a movie I have not seen, The Deep House.
0: Now. I, I almost loved that movie. Almost. OK, yeah. yeah. I, I covered I that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you you know, guys I mean, covered it. I just yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah. They, they went right up to the edge and did not walk through the door. Mm, okay I stood at the doorway and they didn't go in. And it was like, <laughs> it had so much potential to, it's underwater, you know, there's all this like, you know, occult stuff. And it's just like, why could, and they even had like a Lovecraft um, quote, mm. you know, and and well, like they, they didn't make it anything about some sort of elder gods or like anything. It just became about some weird, creepy family.
1: Yeah. What I like about these two guys, and even I haven't even seen all their films. They're making a career in horror.
0: Yeah, no, That's dude, I, like I mean, I keep
1: guys. I keep coming back
0: to their movies. Like I, you know, mm. I, I think it's kind of cool that you know I, I don't like everything that they've done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I, I give them. I I'm interested in their work. You know, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they seem they, you know, I, I feel like they had a little American, you know, they've had some American flirtations. That they did not enjoy and that they might be sticking around in their home countries kind of unless unless of course you know anything could happen and somebody could throw a bunch of dough their way with a great you know great project and who the hell knows what they'll do next you know
0: i feel like a lot of those it didn't really work out for a lot of those french guys like from the
1: french extreme in the united states Mm -hmm. at least you know that may be true that may be true i mean it's weird i mean you 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 could even harken it back to like Argento's American experiences, you know what I'm saying? Um ultimately the man makes is an Italian filmmaker and makes his movies in Italy. He had his uh, flirtations, you know, to doing some of his work in America to mix results. Um yeah, I mean, look, it it just is what it is, you know? Um again, what I like that they are, you know, French filmmakers making French horror movies that know that are reaching the masses unfortunately some are reaching them at a rather slow pace but you know others have you know inside is like a cult hit you know um and now it's got a whole new set of 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 fans yeah uh, yeah being
0: being on shutter now yeah for sure
1: right exactly so yeah i'll definitely follow these guys career i mean and i you know i'm gonna do do my homework (laughs)
0: Since we touched on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I have to say, I'm going to go, uh, go out on a limb and say that I think that Ty West should have did the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whatever version that, that we're talking about here. Instead of, uh, who, who, uh, uh, God, I don't even know. Whatever, the whatever fool made the one that's on Netflix <laughs> right now, that guy should never, that guy <laughs> oh should, I don't, God, know, I don't know, I don't want me. to think about that guy. But <laughs> that guy, whoever he is, no. I think Ty West would have did a great job doing a
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. You mean David Blue Garcia? Is that who we're talking about? That's the director of uh, the 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Um, You know, who uh, is actually an Emmy Award winning director and cinematographer. But it certainly is not for, uh, you know. Good for him. You know, certainly not for for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2020. Hey, man, not everyone's good at everything.
0: You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, it's if you're good at making certain things that that doesn't mean you can just waltz in and start making horror movies, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and but Ty West, I think, dude, X, X had the same kind of sensibility as a as the as a the the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a lot of ways. Okay, hey, man. And and the, 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 Say cool, no more. the cool thing about that movie is that it sem- it seemed old and modern at the same time. Hmm. It well, somehow achieved achieved like and not, not nostalgia, not like cheap nostalgia, not that mm-hmm. at all. Like very like very um authentic seventies vibes, yet it also seemed current, like it wasn't trying to pander to being a seventies movie, you know. very very interesting man i want i'm really interested to see what you think of this movie
1: um what do you call it yeah i'm definitely definitely going to see it definitely uh i feel like i don't know i'm not sure what the the rest of the year has planned uh for like you know big ticket horror i mean i I know halloween is coming um which you know i I think will hopefully get the, the the bad taste of the second installment that some people had uh out of the, the the mouths of the collective people um but yeah, I mean, you know gonna be a weird year I think well <laughs> as far as theatrical releases and yeah just you know things in general I guess well there's um, the, uh, the the Benson
0: and moorhead film that's coming out they have a new independent movie um, you know now that those guys are working within the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. they're still they're still making their own you know quiet independent weird fiction
1: movies too so they're
0: they that's one, great they have one coming out soon too
1: cool i mean my favorite horror thing over the year thus far has pretty much been archive 81 so far i mean it's only march so that, one,
0: that one rates high with me for sure
1: yeah I, I totally loved it um it was another thing when it was over i was like oh shit do i have to wait two years <laughs> you know
0: they're definitely going to do another another season for sure. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did it did well. It definitely did well. But uh, yeah, that wraps up another edition of Necromaniacs podcast. Uh, if you are a long time listener, we thank you. If you are a new listener, we thank you and welcome aboard. And please subscribe uh, via Spotify or Apple. Podcasts, right, Mike?
0: That's right, and uh, you know we sorted out whatever issues we had with Apple. So, um, so we're we're back in the, back in the fold, business.
1: yes. <laughs> that's that's good. Back, back into the fold, yes, totally. Uh, we thank you all so much for the support. Please continue to comment on our Instagram page and our Facebook page. And uh, yeah, we will see you all next time. Take care, everyone. Talk to you soon. Good night.